following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, give it to the Lord. He's the one worthy. <laughs> I love Wednesday nights. I just get plum giddy about Wednesday nights. And I know tonight is a big graduation night in some of our high schools, and so our crowd is challenged because people are running to and fro trying to get those kids some gifts, and the car dealers are hoping they'll buy them a car. (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh, some of them are probably getting that, and I trust that they don't wreck that car tomorrow. Uh, Sometime talk to me about my cars, okay? Okay, my daughters and my cars. Just talk to me about it sometime. I won't bring it up here tonight, but just talk up to me about it sometime. We'll talk about cars and daughters and daughters and cars. And I'm just glad the kids are alive. The cars are dead, but the kids are alive. Amen. That's just a great thing. What a joy to see all of you tonight. And we're going to go next door. Now, did I tell you I had something special for you tonight? I tell you, it wasn't Bluebell. So Dr. Chuck Millett's my physician, and I, and I go see him. And so we do blood work and all that kind of stuff, well checks. And so then he sends it over to the man that does, uh, does a little heart test on me and do things like that because I just want to stay healthy. There's nothing wrong with me. Don't think there's anything wrong. But today, Dr. Tracy saw my report and he said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. Don't say uh-oh yet. It might be good. <laughs> See, don't, don't wait for the bad news when it might be good news. <laughs> he said, uh, your, your, your LDL, your, low, your, your cholesterol, your LDL is a little bit high. So we got to get it below. And I said, okay. He said, I want you to get off red meat. I'm thinking hamburgers. He said, I want you to get off eggs. And I want you to get off dairy. When he said that, when he said that, I said, that sounds like a diet to me. (laughs) He said, more fish and chicken. So I'm going to try that tomorrow. And if it doesn't work, I'm going back to regular. I'm going to try it tomorrow. I'm going to tell Dr. Tra- I'm going to try it tomorrow. And, and I, I, I asked Dr. Chuck when he walked in tonight, I said, can you just give me more medicine to get rid of all that stuff that I eat? And Dr. Chuck said, yeah, I'll just take two pills instead of one, Pastor. That's what he said. But I'm doing fine. I want you to know I'm doing fine. I feel good. I'm on the top side of the grass and uh, got a lot of living to do. And we're, we're moving forward. Amen. Amen. Now, we, we, we talked last week about becoming lion-like, and uh, John in Revelation 5 said, I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. And one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. Say, lion, lion. of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. And then John said, he's able to open, the, the, the elder said, he's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And John said, then I saw a lamb, a lamb. And three things we learned last week. Number one is that the lamb is a lion. The lamb is a lion. Jesus came to this earth as a sacrificial lamb, but he was a lion on a mission. He wasn't soft. Ask the Pharisees if he was soft. Ask the people that tried to oppose him and what he was trying to bring if he was soft. Ask Herod. He called him a fox. 
Ask anybody if he was soft. I promise you he was rightly called the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he came as a lion, as a lamb. And, 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 and all of us, the life that we live and the unlived life inside of us are continually battling. We need to live the life that is unlived inside of us. Not only, the second thing, not only is Jesus more lion-like than people realize, but we, his people, are more lion-like than we realize. The first man, Adam, was told to have dominion. The first man on earth, God said, have dominion. Have dominion. I believe with all my heart that we can and should take dominion over the jungle of our life. I don't think we need to be passive. I think we need to be aggressive with the enemy and with the things that are trying to oppose us and stop us. We need to become lion-like. Say lion-like. And then number three, the jungle is not without a king. And you are the king of your jungle. I believe that. Clap your hands and say amen. Amen. Then, then say, Pastor, what's the prize tonight? What's What's the surprise? It'll be later. Now, this may sound strange to some of you, but tonight I'm going to use a Broadway play in a movie called The Lion King as a framework for my message. Most people are familiar with The Lion King story, but if you're not, it's okay because I'm going to tell a little bit to you. It's a story that relates to all of us. In fact, I'm preaching kind of like an allegory tonight. The story begins with the birth of a cub named Simba, who was the son of Mufasa, the Lion King. Simba is born as a lion. Here's a pic of him. You'll see he's a cute little old thing. That's Simba. But not just a lion, but he's born a lion king. He's born a lion king. And beginning on the day he's born, there's a clear path that is set for his life. His father gives him distinct instructions to keep him on that path, to preserve him, to protect his destiny, And he walked around singing, I just can't wait to be king. He was a happy young lion. Yet for Simba, all of this began to change when things happened in his life that seemed unfair. Things he didn't understand or have answers to. It was then that the voice of his uncle, an uncle by the name of Scar. Scar. That's what hell wants to put on us is scars started to influence and mislead him. And Scar was evil and crafty, and he built a case in Simba's mind about himself that wasn't true. And it wasn't long until Simba's destiny was hijacked by the mental terrorist of shame and guilt and self-doubt. Let me say it again. Shame and guilt and self-doubt. If there's anything that the enemy wants to put in your mind, It's shame, it's guilt, and it's self-doubt. I call them terrorists of destiny. They seize control of Simba's life, filling his mind with lies about himself and about his future. And this negative influence caused him to lose touch with those who he was, uh, touch with who he was, and to get off course with his destiny and with his purpose and with his planned future. And Simba all of a sudden headed down the wrong path. Ending up somewhere he wasn't meant to be. I want to make a bold statement here right now that I'm going to teach a little bit tonight. And I'm going to let you go and celebrate next door. Folks, you must become lion-like about your destiny. If you believe that you're here on purpose. You see, 
I live, I live by four, four statements that total eight words. And you've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. I live by the phrase, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am, I am somebody. I am here on purpose. I am important. I may not be pretty, but I am special. Now, say, I believe. I believe that God has something special for me. I believe he's called me into his kingdom for such a time as this. I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, I can. I can do all things. I can make life happen. I can walk in the favor of God. Woo! I can live in liberty. I can make my life worthwhile. I can. I can. And so the fourth one is I will. I say them every day. Say I will. And when you get your will involved in your life, you know, when, when Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, the Bible said he put him up on the temple and he said, cast yourself down. For angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Here's my question. Why didn't the enemy just push him off that temple? You know why? He couldn't. The devil cannot cast you down. If you're cast down, it's because you desire to be cast down. I don't desire to be cast down tonight. I desire to be risen up. Because Jesus lives, he arose, I can live because I can rise up in this world and perform and do my destiny. But let me preach now. Your destiny is connected to life within the kingdom. Some people assume, this is on the screen, that because they don't like some Christians or people at church, or going to church, that they can live outside the community, yet within God's plan for their life. That's such a false statement. Simba lost a connection to his purpose the day he left the kingdom of his father. You were formed for God's family, and meant to live within God's kingdom. Your life purpose can only be found and walked out by being connected to and in relation with God and his kingdom. Say amen to that. Aren't you glad for the church? Aren't you glad for the ecclesia, the called out ones? Aren't you glad that we are here tonight and God has put us together? Isn't it great? Folks, isn't it just great to come on a Wednesday night like tonight? It's halftime. We can get a halftime speech. But isn't it great to look around and see people of like precious faith in the house tonight and say, wow, they're going through what I'm going through and they're here and I'm here and we're going to walk out with victory tonight. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God and his kingdom, the predatory influence of the enemy in your life will always begin with the separation from the kingdom that you belong in. Simba allowed guilt and shame and a sense of failure to take him away from the kingdom that he belonged in. I want to give you five things tonight that I think that takes people away from the kingdom. It can be a feeling of not belonging. Well, I just don't belong. You know, I, I just wasn't raised in church. Church has not been my life. It doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter if church was your life or not your life. When you walk in this place and you feel the presence of God, this can become your life. You belong. You belong here. You belong with God's people. You belong with God himself. You belong in the family of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Say it right now. He's talking to you. And you might get a prize tonight if you listen. Number two, it can be a feeling that no one will miss me if I'm out of church. Can I tell you something? I know there's a, there's a man in the Bible that said, am I, am I my brother's keeper? I'd like to tell everybody here that you are your brother's keeper. In a church this size, and we have many thousand members in this church, and you know that. But in a church this size, it doesn't take long to pick up your cell phone and dial somebody and say, hey, I missed you Sunday. And, and, and I don't want you to slip through the cracks. It's important that people understand that they are a part of what this is happening and happening here. And everybody matters in this church. Amen. Say it with me. Everybody, everybody is, a somebody is a somebody in this church. In this church. Well, pastor didn't call. Well, pastor might not know you're not there. I, I'm on the front porch, but some of you sneak in the other door. <laughs> I might just leave the church because you don't like me. I'm not going to do that. I'm here to tell you, everybody matters here. Number three, it can be, begin with an offense. The Bible said offenses will come. Yeah. A clumsy incident, an awkward words. Maybe somebody said something and they got their, their tongue in front of their eye teeth and couldn't see what they were saying. And they, uh, they understood that, my God, I said it wrong. I did it wrong. I, I, I didn't say the right things. And, and I hope they took me right with that that I said tonight. And I, I feel that way sometime in my ministry. I hope they understood where I was at. But it's a clumsy incident sometimes. It's an awkward, awkward word sometimes can cause offenses in people. And the Bible said offenses will come. But if you are offended, you need to get that offense taken care of right now. Because I promise you, it'll grow and grow and grow and it'll fester. And before you know it, it'll have a root in it called bitterness. And you got to get past that because the church is too important for you to become offended in the house of God. Say amen to that. Amen. And number four, it can be unmet expectations. Like seem like they don't want my talent here. They don't need me here. I'm not important here. I don't matter here. That is a lie from Scar. He's telling you that you don't matter. You do matter. Or like Simba, it can be the voice of condemnation and guilt in your life that overrides the voice of your father don't let anything everybody say don't let anything keep you away or take you away from the people God put you with my my daughter was talking to a person today at school and she said we're looking for a church that just has multiracial and multi-level people and my my daughter said well I'm not this fishing but you found it here she said, really? She said, yes. I am so thankful that this church receives everybody. I want to say it again. I'm so thankful that this church receives everybody. Listen, there is no unimportant people here, and there's no more important people here. Everybody matters at Christian Life Church. Come on. Let's rejoice in that because that is the truth. Don't separate yourself from the kingdom of God. God's planage is difficult as it may sometimes be. Stay in God's house. Stay in his kingdom and stay with God's people. The second point I want to make tonight, is very, this is very strategic teaching. Your life purpose is never found in Hakuna Matata. 
Can y'all sing it? Hakuna Matata. Quit it. Hakuna Matata is a place where lions are reduced to running with meerkats and fat pigs. Here's some pictures. Here's a picture. After Simba leaves the path of purpose for his life, he's feeling discouraged and he meets two guys named Timon and Pumbaa who introduce him to Hakuna Matata. And here's what it means. It means the problem-free philosophy. Say it with me. Problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. It's catchy. It's fun to visit. It's wonderful to talk about. And one gets refreshed in Hakuna Matata. But here's the problem with Hakuna Matata. There's no such place. There's no such place. You're going to have issues, you're going to have problems, you're going to have situations in your life. Every man that's born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. But the Lord said he would deliver us out of them all. And the consequence for pursuing such a place is that you'll never find your purpose in life, the rich fulfillment of your destiny while pursuing a problem-free philosophy. Simba could never be the lion he was supposed to be by hanging out with fat pigs and meerkats. And if you go to resort towns on vacation, you go to islands, you'll meet a lot of meerkats and fat pigs. You really will. I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying what the story says. The interesting thing is that they are there in pursuit of Hakuna Matana, but it's not working. There are still, they still have people problems. They still have financial problems. They still have personal problems. Patty and I went to Hawaii for the first time in our life in 1987. We had a lot of points, and we flew over there for free and stayed for free, and we thought we was in heaven. We thought I'd, I thought I'd, I said, this is heaven. But then one day, about the second day, I drove past a graveyard. And the next day, I saw a graveyard. Then I saw a hospital. And then I saw an office that said, psychiatric help here. And I realized that people die there, and people get sick there, and people have mind problems there just like they have it here. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. tell you. You can't be lying like running from your problems. The more lying like we are, the more willing we are to confront them and engage and conquer our problems. I'm here to declare it's time to quit receding. It's time to quit doing the Napoleon back, backward dance. It's time to advance and say, I will be lying like. Because there's a lamb that died for me, but when I look to the throne, he's a lion tonight. And there's a lion on my side, and he's caused me to be lion-like. And I will prevail in this world and not fail in the kingdom of God. Say it in your life. I will prevail. The devil's a liar. I love this letter. I was struggling to find my purpose. Still arms linked from my cocaine use. Still getting drunk. Still smoking a pack or two of cigarettes a day. And just starting a new relationship after two failed marriages. And I knew I was weak in discipline. So, so we purposed from day one to never miss a weekend service as long as we were home or in town. And after years of sticking to that commitment... And writing thousands of notes and consistently serving somewhere and developing an entirely new sphere of influence. Making new lifelong friends and still being married and in love. I am more sold out to Jesus Christ and the vision and people of this church than I have ever been before. 
I deal with life's mountains and valleys with more wisdom now, and I have a clear understanding of the value of God's grace. I look forward to our future, and I absolutely love my life. You can write that letter. All you got to do is stand up and say, I declare. I declare. I'm a child of the king. His royal blood flows through my veins. And I, who was helpless and, 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 and poor, now can sing. Praise God. Praise God. I'm a child of the king. I'm not trying to get you emotional. I'm trying to get you to stand up and say, I'm tired of lamb-like living. I'm ready to be a lion and approach and endure and stand fast and be king of my jungle. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. I'm almost finished. This kind of stuff doesn't happen in a kuna matata. What do you need to be lying like about today? What are, what are you too passive about in your life? Talk to yourself. Remember, whatever you tolerate will never change. Number three, destiny can be temporarily but not permanently lost. I'm glad we can find our destiny again. The interesting thing about being lost is that nobody gets lost on purpose. Nobody gets in their course. I think I'll get lost today. When I was pastoring in Dallas, I, 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 I thought I found a shortcut to the church from the backside. Honest to God, I was a young man, and, and I turned on it. It was like a little dirt road, and I said, it'll probably come out here to the highway. And I went back there, and I saw two cars at work that write you tickets. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a pastor, and one had a female in it, and one had a male in it, and they were pulled up beside each other, and they was talking, and I drove right up on them. And I said, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm just dead. Because I, did, I didn't mean to drive down that road. I didn't, I, I didn't know what was. I thought I was going somewhere, and, and I didn't mean to get lost, but I got lost. Let me tell you what I did. I found a reverse in my car, and I got out of there. And I never went down that road again because that's a road for the lost. I never went down that road again. I found a better way to church, and it wasn't on a dirt road. It's not something anyone plans, and in fact, it's hard to know exactly when it happens, but where it happens, where exactly you cross that line between being on course and being lost. You only recognize it after you're lost. Proverbs 14 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end, it leads to death. But the good news is that just because you're temporarily lost on your way, it doesn't mean you can't get back on course if you're willing to become lion-like about your destiny. I enjoy golf. There's sometimes I don't find the fairway. I hit the ball out to the right or out to the left. It, I don't know where it's going to go. I just hit it. I'm not good enough to guide it all the time. But sometimes when you hit it out there in the tall grass, you need help to find it. But you know how you get back on course? You take a wedge or you take a shot and you just punch it back to the fairway and then you have a shot to the green. You don't have to hack around and try to stay lost out there and try to hit it through trees. You get back on course. And there's some times you have to make some corrections in your life. 
when you hit some things right or left and you say, wow, I think I'm lost forever. No, you're not. Get your club out and knock it back in the fairway and put it on the green and make the putt and go to the next hole. It's time to understand that losses or being lost is temporary. It doesn't have to be permanent. And you may have lost your way in some things in life, but you don't have to stay lost. You can find your way again. Come on, say amen to that. I got lost one night in Oklahoma at my grandmother's house. It was dark. I didn't have a, I didn't have a lantern, didn't have a flashlight. And I honestly didn't know the lights were out at the house. But I got found because I screamed like a banshee. And my grandmother was still up and she heard me. I, 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 just, I just got lost. I just got lost. I was out there wandering. I was a kid that liked to explore, and I just got far away from the house, and I got to wondering, and help! <laughs> Mamma, help! And they found me. Here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of ways to get back on the path, but I promise you, because you are temporarily lost, doesn't mean you have to stay permanently lost. You can find your way back. Say, I can get back. I can get back. Jesus loves me. David said this in Psalms 19. He says, he, he, he said, here's my line-like determination to walk in the path God has for my life. Verse 32, he said, I run in the path of your commands. Verse 35, he said, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Verse 101 of Psalm 119, he said, I have kept my feet from every evil path. Verse 104, he said, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 128 says, because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. If you're on a wrong path tonight, get back on the right path. Because loss is not forever. It might be temporary, but God's got a finding station called the church. Get back in tune with the house of God. Come on, get back in tune. And Simba's return to destiny came when he heard the voice of his father. He stood looking at the reflection in the water of himself in his father's voice. And when I saw this in the play in New York City, I have to tell you, I got to crying because his father's voice reminded him of who he was and told him to take his place and get back into the position in life. So if you're lost, if you're off track, God has a GPS system that knows right where you are right now. And he has not given up on you. And he believes in you and he's calling you back to the pathway of purpose. You believe that? Back to his will and plan for your life. And if you will listen, you'll hear God calling you today. Now, he won't make the decision for you. You're the one who has to decide to roar. You're the one who has to decide to get your roar back. You're the one who has to decide to be lion-like about your destiny. It's, if that's what you want, your next step is to be lion-like about the direction of your life. Everybody say lion-like. I will follow the precepts of God. And this last point is probably my most important one of the night, and I'm closing. This is it. This is it. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destiny. The path that you're on always out-trumps your intention. So let me say it again. The path you're on always trumps your intention. Good intentions doesn't make, doesn't make up for bad direction. You can have the best intentions of leaving here tonight and going to Dallas. But if you go to I-35 and head south, 
I didn't know that'd be funny. I didn't put that in there for a funny story. That's pretty cute. You'll never get there because good intentions doesn't compensate for poor direction. And there are people on paths that will not take them where they want to go. Like a, a young lady who wants to marry a strong Christian guy, but dates guys who are not strong Christians or not even in the church. Or a student who wants to go to college but goofs off and gets bad grades in high school and misses his opportunity. Or people who want to follow God but won't fully commit to his church and to his calling. Or people who want friends but will not be friendly and they leave church immediately like they're mad at the world. Or people who won't give up their parties and their lifestyle. Some people attend church until a leader or a pastor tries to correct them or tell them that some things they're doing might be a little wrong. And instead of respecting and honoring and listening, they get upset, stop going to church, and they get off their path. Here's the question. If you keep doing what you're doing, choosing what you're choosing, and saying what you're saying and thinking what you're thinking, will you be on the path God wants you for your life three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, or will you be in one of those temporary lost positions? I'm telling you, folks, every man here has the same drive about something that I have about God. And every woman here has a drive about something that many women in this house have about God. I wish you could take your drive off the things that don't matter and put your drive on the one thing that does matter, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. So look at your close circle of friends. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Is there a course correction needed in your life? Is there a complete turnaround needed? Why not come to agreement with God's plan for your life, even on a Wednesday night when we're just kind of going shorter, talking, talking less, but still giving direction to this congregation? I want to I say something to everybody here tonight. This is the last night of church in the month of May. Sunday I'll preach the first Sunday in June, and I'm excited about it. We're talking about, we're talking about following the Giants, and I love it. I love the fact that we're, we're talking about the Giants in the Bible, and we're going after those Giants, and we're understanding what they have to say for us, running with them, and we're going to run with them on Sunday. But I want to make a statement to every man here. Why don't you turn your direction and your, and your drive toward the things that matter most in life? Your God, your family, your church, your relationship with people of like precious faith. Anybody want to clap your hands and rejoice in that right now? You got to do that. You got to do that. Jeremiah 29 and 11, we read it all the time, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Everybody say, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what it's all about. Look to your neighbor and say, we don't want to go to Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Problem-free philosophies don't work. Everybody say, let's be lion-like. 
let's roar. <laughs> Some of you that missed my little joke last week, I'm going to tell it again in closing. A cat got after a, a little mice, some mice in a barn, and that mama mice had had enough of that cat. And all of a sudden, that mama mice got up on her hind legs and started barking like a dog. <laughs> and that cat got up on its back hind legs and turned around and ran like a cat runs from a barking dog. And the little mouse said, Mama, I didn't know you could bark. She said, Son, sometimes you got to learn a new language. And I want some of you to learn a brand new language. I want you to learn a brand new language. I want you to look at the devil and say no. And I want you to look at the Lord and say yes. I want you to look at this world and say no. And look at God and say yes. I want you to look at bad stuff and say no. And look at the great things and say yes. I want you to look at, I want you to look at families that are broken apart and say not in my house. I want you to look at families that are going great and say, that's what I want. Yes. It's time for us to make some decisions. It's time for us to learn some new languages. We will have a walk with God. I love you.